Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Speaker, it's one of our own, and you're very familiar with him, but we are very privileged. I get excited every time I hear that he's going to speak, and uh, so you guys know who he is. He's our pastor's father. He's an amazing, amazing speaker. So if you would, please give a warm welcome to Pastor Bob Ely. wonderful time of the year. Well, that particular song was written in 1963 and immediately recorded by Andy Williams on one of his first Christmas albums. It's an amazing song. It expresses that sentiment that this particular season, Christmas, is the most wonderful season and time of the year with kids jingle belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. There'll be parties for hosting and marshmallows for roasting and caroling out in the snow. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Not exactly. In fact, statistics show that Christmas can become the most depressing, stressful, saddest, season of all. In fact, statistics tell us that the feeling of loneliness, the feeling of depression and stress is so great that suicides are greater in December than in any other month of the year. Instead of dreaming of a white Christmas, it can quickly become 
a blue Christmas. In fact, it can be either a blue Christmas or a blessed Christmas. For you see, the word blessed means happy to be envied, filled with great joy. The word blessed means to be the receiver of good fortune, to have advantages, or to be prosperous. It literally comes from a word that means straight, not crooked. Because when you are blessed, you are straight or in right relationship with God and with everyone else. In fact, the word blessed comes from a word that means connected. So that our Christmas is blessed if we are connected to Christ and if we are connected to the right things, the most important things. And so really, our Christmas is either blue or blessed based on our own choices. In the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Another translation says, Thank God for his Son, a gift too wonderful for words, a gift that cannot be expressed, that is unutterable, that cannot be recorded or explained. Thanks be unto God for his gift. So today we have to decide. We either have a blue Christmas or a blessed Christmas. And the difference is simply what you are connected to. Well, let's start like this. To have a blue Christmas, there's three things you can do and connect to. First of all, you can be consumed with the busyness of the Christmas season. It is the most commercial of all the seasons of the year, from Black Friday to Cyber Monday. Well, now it's from Black Thursday night to all Cyber Week. In fact, in that period of time alone, it is estimated that this year, Americans spent $60.6 billion from Thursday night after Thanksgiving to Monday. In fact, this season, we get so consumed, overindulged, focused on toys and electronics and gifts that we don't need and that we can't afford. In fact, if you bought all the 12 days of Christmas, those gifts, and sent them to your love, it would cost you this year $107,000. How to have a blue Christmas? We just get consumed and, and wrapped up with all these gifts. We fill up our credit cards not realizing that January the 1st, guess what? The bill comes in the mail. And so from now on we have Christmas Eve sales and, and, and advertisements and toys and demands and, and it's spin, spin, spin. They camp out in the mall to get those special gifts. And we get caught up in that. The old song, Silver Bells, it says, Strings of streetlights, even stoplights, blink red and green as shoppers rush home with their treasures. Oh, really? In 2008, people were so excited to get into a Walmart to get some kind of electronic bargain early Friday morning that they trampled a worker to death. In 2011, some lady in Los Angeles used pepper spray so she could be first in line to get the special video game. 
In 2012, there's two people who had a shootout in a Florida parking lot because somebody got the parking space that the other person wanted. And in San Antonio, there was a fight in the line in order to get some unimportant game for Christmas. If you want to have a blue Christmas, then just get consumed by the business of Christmas. If you want a blue Christmas, then be captured by the busyness of this season. Stressed, over-involved, overworked. Because we begin to focus on all these trappings around Christmas. There's, there's parties to plan and to host and to attend. There's plays to practice for, cantatas to perform, shopping to do, Christmas cards to send, houses to clean, food to cook, decorations to hang, church services to attend. Ugh. Before you know it, you're worn out. You are captured by the busyness of the season, worn out by the activities. It's kind of like the story I heard of a, of a lady that was so involved and, and captured by the business, involved in cooking and decorations and the right presents and doing everything just right for the season, sending the right cards, being in good taste. And all of a sudden, in the middle of that busyness, she saw that one page of her Christmas card list had slipped off the desk and fallen down between the desk and the wall. And there were 49 names on it and time's running out. And she rushed to the mall, saw the prettiest picture on a Christmas card box that she could find, had 50 cards in it, bought them, brought them home, signed them, and sent them away. Finally, on Christmas Eve, all the busyness is over, the cup of coffee in her hand. She's sitting by their fireplace, and she sees one card left in the box. And she looks at the beautiful picture and admires her taste and decides maybe she ought to read what it says. And she opens the card, and it says, This card just comes to say... A little Christmas gift is on its way. And all of a sudden she realized there's 49 people out there expecting a gift that's never going to come. If you want to have a blue Christmas, you are consumed by the business. You're captured by the busyness of the season. But if you really want a blue Christmas, we get confounded, confronted, and conquered by the brokenness of the season. Because you see, it's this moment that we're confronted by the fact, some of us, that those that we love the most are not going to be here this Christmas. That this will be the first Christmas without them. And that startling confrontation brings this sense of depression in our heart. And then we're confounded by unmet expectations, unrealistic expectations that somehow all the hurts, all the brokenness, all the relationships through all the year is going to be magically restored at Christmas. I mean, everything's going to be perfect. The meal is going to be complete. It's going to be a Norman Rockwell setting. And we're going to get all the family together and everything that's out of order is all of a sudden going to be in order. And then that day comes. And sure enough, it's the same old, same old. And your bubble burst. Your promises are broken. Those that you invited didn't show up. The kids are fighting and crying. All of a sudden, in the midst of that celebration that you thought was going to be perfect, 
you're confounded by the fact that somebody would make that critical statement. Who cooked this turkey? Tastes like cardboard. That caustic remark. Those conflicts between brother and sister, dad and son. The funny uncle showed up and messed everything up again. And all of a sudden there is this sense of consternation. Oh no. It's not going to change. Every holiday is going to be just like the last one. So our dreams and our hopes are shattered. Our expectations are unmet. Everything that we planned and prepared is not going to happen. And we're overwhelmed. We're conquered with this sense of depression, this sense of loss. And so instead of a blessed Christmas and the happiest season of the year, becomes what did Elvis say? Play that one. You can't, that's okay. Christmas without you. I saw the best cartoon or picture I ever saw. It was called Christmas Depression, and it's called Group Therapy. And the guy's sitting in the chair, and there's Santa Claus, Rudolph, Frosty, and an elf. And they're in group therapy, and Santa Claus says, I don't believe in myself. And Frosty says, I think I'm bipolar. And Rudolph says, all my friends laugh and call me name. And the elf says, I'm trapped in a dead-end job. And if you're not careful, this most wonderful time of the year becomes consumed, captured, conquered, and blue. So how do we change the blue Christmas to a blessed Christmas? A happy, to be envied filled with great joy, connected to the right things. Well, the first thing is you have to be struck by the spirit of the season, which is wonder. You need to be filled with the spirit of wonder. Consume, focus on the wonder of the season. Enjoy the wonder of Christmas. Because the whole spirit of Christmas is one of unbelievable, irresistible wonder. Paul said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. One that cannot be expressed in words. One that cannot be written about or spoken about. It is too wonderful for words. For that gift is the gift of God's Son. Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. 
that in the fullness of time God sent forth this son made of woman made under the law to redeem us that were under the law that we might receive adoption even as sons that God would become man so that man could be reconciled to God that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the wonder of a babe in a cattle crib that becomes a king a child conceived of the Holy Spirit in a feed trough so that he might be the bread of life to the world. A virgin that conceives Joseph's dream. A star in the east. A star of wonder. A star that's so bright. Shepherds on the hillside hearing angelic choirs. Wise men from the east. Oh, holy night. Oh, silent night. All is come. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Oh, come all ye faithful, joy to the world, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. There's a wonder in this season. Oh, I know that there were different reactions, that some were filled with anger and hostility like Herod, trying to kill the babies. Others were apathetic. There was no room in the inn, and the religious leaders didn't care where he was. But there was acceptance and adoration and praises arising to God and a sense of wonder and joy. And if you want to bless Christmas, then get consumed, struck, enjoy the season spirit, which is the spirit of wonder become a kid again that first Christmas those first lights that first gift and sense the peace and the joy and the love and the wonder of this season if you really want to have a blessed Christmas then be sacrificially serving others set your mind on others be sensitive to the needs of others Jesus said lift up your eyes and look Turn your eyes away from yourself and look at the needs of those that are around you. Become focused and consumed with the desire to serve someone else. Emulate Jesus who came not to be ministered to, but to minister. Not to be served, but to serve. He came to lay his life down for others. Enlist in denying yourself and taking up the cross and walking in his footsteps and reaching out to somebody else. For the Bible says if you salute those that salute you, what thank do you have when you call a feast? If you only call those who can return it, where is your reward? No, he said, when you throw the feast, call those that can't give back to you. Call the halt and the blind and the lame and those that have no other way to give anything to you because it's better to give than to receive. And if you really want a blessed Christmas, then throw a feast for somebody that's forgotten. Throw some, a feast for someone that's looked over. Tony uh, Campolo tells a story that all year long he had taken the money that he would normally spend on his teenage children and he had sent it to the country of Haiti to build a Christian school and that year at Christmas he gathered his children together and they went to Haiti to see the results of what their gift had done and when they arrived the, the, the school had been in operation for almost a year 
And the moment they got off the plane, they're surrounded by the children from the school. And they're holding up the lessons that they've learned. And they're singing the songs of joy. And they've written poems about them. And they're hugging them and holding them tight of the difference that they made in their life. Tony said when they got back in the car to go to the airport from the school, his son was terribly quiet. And finally, he broke the quietness and he looked up at his dad and said, Dad, there is no gift that you could have ever given me that would have meant any more to me than this does. Because if you want to bless Christmas, then you have to sacrificially serve somebody else. Pick somebody out. There's an angel tree out there, you know. Pick out a family that can't do anything for you. And instead of spending on yourself and giving to your relatives, sacrificially serve someone else. If you want to bless Christmas, then thirdly, you have to be satisfied. Contented. That's what the Bible uses the word. You need to be consumed with contentment and to embrace satisfaction. Because the word contentment means to have enough, to be prosperous. Do you know what prosperity is? It's having what you need when you need it. That's being prosperous. The Bible says, Beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth in more than the abundance of things which he possesses. It goes on to say that life is more than meat and drink. It is joy, righteousness, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God the Father. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Paul wrote it like this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He said, Men will suppose that gain is godliness, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And one said it like this, They think that serving God is a way to get rich. Serving God does make us very rich if we are satisfied with what we have. Those people think that religion is supposed to make you rich. And religion does make you rich by making you content with what you have. It makes you satisfied with everything that you already have. If you want a blessed Christmas, then be satisfied. Focus on what you have, not what you don't have. See the deal on the internet with Tim Hawkins? Most of you know Tim Hawkins, comedian. He was explaining how his daughter, 12 years old, wanted a, a, a nano iPad. And when he gave it to her, she said, Oh, 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 Dad, oh, Dad, it's too big. He said, you ought to have been my generation. We carried a boom box on our shoulder. In fact, there's a picture on an internet of a young girl weeping and crying over the fact she wanted a white 32-gigabyte iPod and she got a 16-gigabyte black one. And the picture next to it is a man sitting there with no shoes on his feet. And we have to be satisfied with what we have. man over 60 wrote this my youngest sister asked me this weekend what do you want for Christmas blank no thoughts no ideas no burning desires to own a particular item or items nothing not a nil zip zero I could not think of one possible desire that I could tell her that would make me a proud recipient of a Christmas gift 
I don't know, I replied, while my mind spun, slowed, sped up, and categorized thousands of needs and wants. And like a roller coaster that is pulling back into the station, it came back slow and stopped. There was nothing in the cars. I've had a couple of days to sort out that question, and still I have nothing I can tell her. I guess I'm at the point in my life where I need something, I just go buy it or I already own it. If it is something that was once desirable in younger years, then it's lost its luster, and I just no longer desire to have bigger or better or own more things than the Joneses. What I really would like is not to get out of bed in the morning with my shoulders hurting. I would like to be able to stand longer than 30 minutes without my feet and my legs feeling like I'm walking on stubs. I'd like to go to the barber shop and get my money's worth. I'd like to be able to eat pies and cakes and not worry about the glucose content. I'd like a couple of hours with my son when he was two years old, lying on my chest and both of us snoozing on the couch. I'd like to experience the thrill again of a small three-year-old princess holding her arms up and wanting me to pick her up in my arms and carry her. I would like to call the little ranch on Monarch Oaks and have my mom or dad answer the phone. I'd like to play a game of horse with my old friend Reggie. I'd like to sit around at Thanksgiving with my grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, and cousins who left this world. Gifts? Nah. There really isn't anything that I want or need. My Christmas has become more personal as I've grown older. Now I celebrate after the presents are opened. The bellies are full of turkey and dressing, and we've come home from midnight church on Christmas Eve. I sit quietly in my chair, the light of the tree glistening, and the ticking of the wall cock is the only sound. I read the real Christmas story in Luke. I count my blessings, and the best gifts of all come flooding in. Memories, hundreds of them, of summer days, of Christmas past, of laughs and loves, of friends and family. This is the best gift of all, all this time in my life. This is all I really want. This is all I really need. you got to be satisfied. I mean, what could I possibly want? I don't need anything. My children tell me, Dad, you're too hard to buy for. Yeah, I don't need anything. I have two cars. I have a house. I've got some money in the bank. I've got food to eat and clothes to wear and poles to fish with and guns to hunt with and clubs to play golf with. I have socks to wear. That's a family joke. I've got a TV to watch. It's not 75 inches, but who cares? I've got the Passion Eagles and the Bethany Broncos to root for. But more important, I have the most beautiful, gifted, committed wife who's ever lived. She's given 48 years of herself to me, to our ministry, to our family, and to make that house a home. I have a handsome son whose whole life is spent in ministering Christ to you and others. I have a beautiful, talented daughter-in-law 
whose life is spent instructing others and imparting to them the gift of music and every Sunday leads us into the presence of God. I have a beautiful, talented daughter whose strength and perseverance has prepared her daily to serve others through her vocation and make a difference in the lives of those who can't make a difference for themselves, hurting children. I have a handsome, committed son-in-law who spends his life pouring God's word into other people. And I have five of the most beautiful, handsome, gifted, talented, athletic, bodacious grandchildren who all love and serve Jesus. And you know what? If all that's gone tomorrow, I have salvation and right relationship with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. I have His Holy Spirit living within me to guide me daily. I have His scriptures that are a light and a lamp under my feet. And when all of this passes away, I have an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and reserved in heaven for me. I love traveling to these revivals because the church takes care of you. And I walk into the motel and they say, may I help you? And I say, Ely, oh, Bob. We have a room for you. It's reserved, and it's a direct pay. Just go on to your room. I got news for you. When all this is over, I'm going to walk into heaven, and I'm going to say, Ely, and he's going to say, Bob, it's a direct pay. Jesus has already paid it all. Eternal life is yours. What more could I want? To, to be blessed, you have to be satisfied with what you already have. And finally, to be having a blessed Christmas, you just need to be saved. You need to be confronted, captured, conquered by God's unspeakable gift. You need to experience salvation personally for yourself because this gift cannot be written about. It cannot be spoken about. It is so great that the only way you can know it is to personally experience it is the gift of salvation. That's the greatest Christmas gift of all, that God gave His Son who gave Himself on the cross, who rose from the dead, that you might be forgiven from your sins, that you might be made a new creation in Christ Jesus where old things pass away and behold, all things become new. He became sin so that you would not have to know sin. He took your sins out of the way and nailed them to His own cross so that you are forgiven. So that your sins pass as far as the east is from the west into the sea of forgetfulness, the wilderness of Aziel, never to be forget, never to be remembered against you again. The prophet came to a local church and evangelist and he's preaching up a storm and he calls people out of the audience and tells them things about themselves, causing quite a stir. In fact, it caused such quite a stir that the Presbyterian pastor and his wife decided to come to the service. And they're sitting in the congregation and the man's preaching and all of a sudden he looks back there and he sees that pastor's wife and he said, the Lord said that there is a great sin in your past. Wow, man, the congregation got excited. And they're scooting to the edge of their seat because, man, they want to hear this. What is that great sin? And he repeated it. He said, the Lord said there is a great sin in your life. And I said, Lord, what is it? And the Lord said, I don't remember because he's taken your sin 
and nailed it to his own cross. And he's given you the gift of salvation and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, his son, God's unspeakable gift. And to have a blessed Christmas, then get connected to Christ. Be saved. Experience salvation for yourself. Because when that happens, then, this Christmas, you can give the two most important gifts that you've ever given in your life. And the first one is simply this. Because you are forgiven, you can forgive yourself. The deeds that you can't undo, the words that you can't bring back, the actions that haunt you, the guilt and the shame of a past life, you are forgiven. So because of His Christmas gift, you can forgive yourself. My dad left when I was nine years old. The church didn't know how to handle divorced people then. It wasn't that they didn't love my mom and my family. They just didn't know how to treat that situation. Mom insisted that I go to church. First thing she ever taught me was to pray. But because of that uneasiness and the pressures of raising a family without a dad, Without income, mom dropped away. Mom was 40-some years old, and she was lonely. She never remarried. But in my teenage years, she started going with a man. I knew his name, Jack. I didn't really know him. But I'll never forget the night that I discovered that he was married and had his own family. Wasn't about to. I'll never forget that night as a teenager. What it did to me inwardly. Years later, my mom got saved on a sickbed. I led her in a prayer for healing and God saved her. and Brought her back into relationship with himself. And I'll never forget one morning that I went to her house. And you know how you do. You don't even consciously think about things. And I said, Mom, do you ever hear anything about Jack? The moment I said that, I saw the pain. Went across her countenance, etched in her face. And she said, oh, son, don't bring that up. And then she looked at me with a little tear in her eye, and she said, you know, I went for years not able to forgive myself for that part of my life. But she said, I listened to a preacher on TV the other day. And he was telling me about the great grace of God through Jesus Christ and how my sins were forgiven and washed away. And son, for the first time in my life, I was able to forgive myself. The greatest gift you can give this Christmas first is to you. You are forgiven. Your sins are forgotten. So you can forgive yourself. And the second gift is because you're forgiven then you can forgive spouse, siblings, peers, others. No matter what they've said, no matter what they've done. Because if you are forgiven, then you can offer that gift of forgiveness. In fact, the Bible says if you cannot forgive others from your heart, then God cannot forgive you. And unforgiveness doesn't just imprison them, it imprisons you. But if you want a blessed Christmas, then be struck 
fulfill and enjoy the spirit of this season. Wonder. Be sacrificially serving somebody else. Be satisfied. Most of all, be connected to Jesus. And so I want to tell you this morning, before you get all involved with the season, before you get all involved in serving somebody else, before you even allow yourself to be overwhelmed with satisfaction, before you do any of that, make sure that you're connected with Jesus. And then, to have a really blessed Christmas, forgive you. And forgive somebody else that doesn't deserve it and ought to be asking you for forgiveness. But release them and you'll release yourself. Father, I thank you right now for your presence. Make this. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 